Hello, and welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and with me, I've got Liam. In the words of Dr. Herbert West, he's a wife beater, Dan. Use the gun! Truer advice has never been given. And Mitch. Primordial ooze. Primordial ooze. Yeah. Right. Okay, great. So, Mitch, earlier... Uh, we were talking before we went on the call. It sounded like you said you had somewhere you needed to be, potentially. Do you just want to get right down to brass tacks here today? We got a, we got a big film, obviously, a huge, monumental piece of the culture. You know, capital C culture. It's a big deal. It's a big picture. Of course, I'm talking about Bride of Reanimator. Yes. Uh. Well, I mean, I, I, I let's let's not take the scenic route. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay, let's. We're not counting chickens before they hatch, but you know, I mean, you know, if we want to take a toll road, we can take a toll road. So, with that said, let's not waste any time. I don't have a good anecdote. Let's just talk about Bride of Reanimator. You heard of Reanimator? It was this big thing. Story by H.P. Lovecraft. I don't know why I'm still doing this voice. I need to get that voice kind of out of the I, way. I, I don't know why you started doing uh, the voice. Once, <laughs> once you hear the phrase primordial ooze, you know you're dealing with Lovecraft. Yeah, your brain just sort of like flips yeah. a switch, much like mine did with that weird accent. I don't know primordial why. Primordial ooze in the mountains of madness. Primordial ooze is like you have a 50-50 chance for it to be Lovecraft or Ninja Turtles. And... We've my mind on... went to my mind went to Ninja Turtles. There's two types of people in the world. Yeah, and so we've landed on the Lovecraft side of the house, which is regrettably the more racist side, but um, not in this particular case uh, with this film. So this is Bride of Reanimator, sequel to Reanimator, based on the story Herbert West Reanimator by H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, Liam, you actually quoted Herbert West just a moment ago. He is our lead guy, and it's sort of a, it's a bit of a Frankenstein deal, you know? Bit, bit of, bri- of a, Bride of Frankenstein. Bit of Bride of Frankenstein. I oh, wonder where they got shame. that title from. Yeah, right? Yeah, they, no, they, also, they also got a splash of House on Haunted Hill and the visuals at the start of the film. The disembodied head looks like Elijah Cook Jr. in the 1950s version with Vincent Price. I feel like you sort of picked up a bit of a voice there by the end of that one too. Oh, I think it might have been Vincent Price. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm all over the map today, Corey. Ghouls and goblins. Ghouls, but, goblins, disembodied but, uh, heads, and primordial ooze. This is already a lot. Yeah. Um. But this is a very William Castle vibe. I think he'd be he'd be quite pleased yeah. with what we've managed to scrounge up today. But before we get there, I need to ask, gentlemen, as I always do, what do you guys know about Reanimator? Anybody? Anybody got anything? Yeah, nothing. I got, I got, I got something. Hey, um, Reanimator. I, I'd heard the title a lot growing up. I can't remember the first time, uh, and I can't remember the last time either. But one of the middle times, <laughs> uh, uh, the way I actually first saw Reanimator, because I have seen just that first movie, it was twenty seventeen. I think it was twenty seventeen. Actually, I think it was 2018. It was 2018. And there's a movie site uh, that I really like um, called fthismovie.net. And every June, they have an event called June Sploitation, where uh, every day has its own theme. And um, a lot of them are exploitation type themes, but they've expanded as, as as the tradition has gone on. So one day will be 
kung fu movies one day will be home invasion movies one day will be Lu- lucio fulci movies and everyone I in like the community how that's a genre unto itself oh absolutely yes it definitely is and here we've just got whatever the fuck lucio fulci's doing yeah yeah some of them are are they they get specific like that and it's and it's really fun to uh follow along with the community you pick your own movie to watch wherever you can find it and then you just kind of post a little review in a mass comment thread for the day and and it's cool because some of them uh you can you know there's just thousands of movies to pick from like sometimes the genre is just simply zombies and so you know you can go anywhere you want but then sometimes it's a bit more specific like lucio fulci and that's how i first saw zombie 2 um because you know there's only so many lucio fulci movies to pick from and so it's a good way to scratch items off the list that i'd been meaning to get to and so in 2018 they had a day for uh something called empire pictures which was uh a company Company, I I don't think they're still on the go. No, but the, but they're they're by. Uh, it was started by a guy named Charles Band, who was responsible for the Ghoulies movies. He was responsible Friend of for the that. Show, as yeah, absolutely. Recently. He was responsible for the Puppet Master movies. He was responsible for the the first Troll movie, and he was responsible for a lot of those uh, Stuart Gordon movies, like Reanimator and uh, From Beyond. And so that was how I first saw Reanimator. I, I actually had no idea until learning that it was from this guy um, back then that it was like this sort of small uh, indie cult movie with a fairly small budget. I had thought that it was like massively funded, like something like Jeff Goldblum's The Fly. Um, I didn't know that it was that it was a tinier movie that just sort of picked up steam and a cult following. Um and it, I, I had a whole lot of fun with it. I, I loved Barbara Crampton in it. Um, I liked Dr. Herbert's West arc because he doesn't end in the same place that he begins. Like he kind of goes from being a, an antagonist to a protagonist, I think. Um, and there's just some great effects in it. And so I really liked it. I, I didn't love it because I'm not so much a sci-fi guy. I like body horror, but um, when it's mixed with sci-fi, and it often is, it, it, it is less likely to connect with me. And so uh, I, I haven't checked it out since watching it but uh, but i did really like it so i was ready to check out the bride nice yeah this is um i'd been aware of reanimator uh i don't know when the first time i hadn't seen it i had definitely watched i think a red letter media video about it and i had actually made the decision i was like i'm gonna watch them both you know why not why not sit down and watch both of them really knock some of these horror classics out some of the more genre stuff and uh i watched the first like i don't know 20 minutes or so oh and then i just decided i wasn't gonna do that anymore and i turned it off Whoa. And I watched the second one not because i thought it was bad i found that because i had seen a that fairly thorough video about it before that i remembered a lot of the movie all of the sudden from that video as I began watching it and I decided I was just going to skip to the next part. Um, That's very interesting, Corey, because you and I have spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about like that idea of uh, consuming media through 
I know a secondary or tertiary source and like how it often doesn't fulfill us. And, and so we often don't get to stuff that we are familiar with. And when we do get to it, it's like a big thing. And so it's funny to hear that, like you, you <laughs> broke the Corey curse of like, you're going in, you're going to do the double feature, get some background information. <laughs> and then, and then you started quit. doing it. And then you are like, nah, nah, the, the red letter media video counts. Fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know what I thought I was going to get out of the full thing, but um, I guess I just wasn't that hooked by the beginning of the movie. I got up to the part where he starts like snapping pencils in anger, and I was just like, I'm good. <laughs> I'll fucking, I'll figure it out. Uh, Yeah, it's weird, too, because I often complain, not complain, but uh, point out, like, almost every time we do this show, I'm the person who hasn't seen any other iteration of the thing that we're doing uh between yeah. the two of you it's usually me on the outside and maybe i maybe i decided i needed to be a purist about this i guess um, so you started watching it and you're like nah this ain't me this feels dirty i, I don't I'm watch very... movies outside of the podcast that ain't I'm, me i'm taking a very puritan <laughs> approach to prep for this podcast um yeah so i i watched part of that and uh then just sat down to watch the movie um the next step Corey, is that you're gonna find a way to erase your memories of any <laughs> original movies that you have seen as we <laughs> as we come up to the episode yeah like i'm not gonna you're gonna have to explain to me how movies work yeah next time we record <laughs> if we ever roll like uh um that movie where that train comes toward the camera <laughs> <laughs> Super eight. I'm gonna have to forget what cinema is. I'm trying to think of a a sequel or a remake that you've seen the original of that might come up, but it's harder than you think. Yeah, not stuff that we haven't already done because, like, I don't know, Black Christmas. I guess would have been that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What else even is there? Anyway, the joke is that <laughs> the joke is that if we roll something that Corey does know the original thing of, you just gotta bang your head against the wall a bunch before we record the episode. I already just, do. Just, wow, that's that's Mr. UK. That seems like that seems like maybe a bad habit to have. I don't know, man. I feel we like this some... movie like did something to you. I think banging his head against the wall did something to him. <laughs> You can't even form a complete sentence. I'm going to need some reanimating after this one. (laughs) Hey, there it is. We got there. Um, So here we are, Bride of Reanimator. I I know what movies are, so I can talk about it. We we squared that off. I know what, you know what brides are? I think so. I'm like 90% sure, 80%. Hey, Corey, you want to hear a quick fun fact before we start this? Before we start the podcast, did we have to do it over again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, not again. <laughs> um, no, before we get into the thick of the Bride of Reanimator, a little fun fact for you is that a, a couple days before I first watched Reanimator, you and I watched another science fiction movie together. We watched it remotely in 2018. Oh, no. oh wait, okay, in 2018, never mind. I thought you were going to talk about Gutter Balls. Oh, I don't my. know why I thought that was science fiction. <laughs> but i guess i just thought it was people don't have sex like that do they (laughs) bowling isn't real um in 2018 Corey, and this might have been this might have been the first movie we ever watched remotely together i'm not sure i'd have to check my list but 2018 is when we like really started hanging out and so it could have been it was in the summer and we watched on amazon prime video time walker do you remember that movie 
No, I don't. Oh my god. I'm gosh. Walker. If you look up the poster, you should be able to remember it. We watched it based on the poster and the movie was a total letdown. We were we were we were very bored Which with of it. these posters is it that the we one- liked? The the one with the man looking at the moon? Yeah. <laughs> that hooked us? Yeah. Wow. Okay, low bar. Um, <laughs> We've grown a lot since then, or at Liam, least you I, have. I, I think it's le- a great poster. I got to level with you. I have... This is essentially me learning that this movie exists. So I, I have no memory of us doing this. So if there's a Time Walker 2, we need to do that because <laughs> Corey has seen it and, yet, it, and yet you can keep your memory clean. <laughs> That's a privilege. There's, there's a few movies I wish I could do that with. Okay, yeah. so it's it's really weird. If you Google Time Walker two, you get um some fantasy books and a bunch of watches. So we might be out of luck. There's a comic book. Maybe we could just branch out from movies. Point is, somewhere between tw- the summer of 2018 and now, did you did in fact bang movie? your head against the wall. Did yes, we watch this for real. I am. This ain't a. <laughs> this wouldn't be much of a bit, would it? Like, just kidding, Corey. You didn't just, see that movie. <laughs> I swear to God, Liam, I've never heard of this. We watched it together. I don't know what to tell you. Hey, everybody. This is editing Corey here. Just checking in quickly. So we talked a little bit about it after the show, and as it turns out, no, I did not ever see the movie Time Walker. I was just talking to Liam during it. And we made a bunch of jokes about its name. So, yes, as a matter of fact, this entire bit was completely for nothing. Back to the show. I have thought for the last 10 years that I never saw the final Harry Potter movie ever, let alone in theaters. And I really regretted never seeing the last Harry Potter in theaters. And I uh, had a had a talk with a, an old friend over text message a few months ago. And it turns out I did see that movie in theaters. I went to see it with him. So, Damn. you know, we all have those moments. But last Harry Potter, much better than Time Walker. Much more memorable, I think. So by the time this episode comes out, will we all remember Ride of Reanimator? I guess that's the question that we're about to parse. Yeah, yep. watch for the tweet, fe- uh, fe- fellas. I don't know what that is. Fellas? That's all, folks. Um, so, Ride of Reanimator. Uh, it starts off in Peru during a civil war. That's a lie. It starts with a floating head, but I'm going to get to the plot. Um Herbert West is there. Dean Dan Dean Kane is a real man. Dan Kane is there. They're doctors. They have reanimating, glowing, primordial ooze, and um, they have to leave because they get stormed by troops and stabbed and uh, all tossed around. And um, Reagan did it. Reagan did it. And they go back to the hospital where, in the previous film, it ended in a big old bloody massacre with a bunch of reanimated people involved, something to that effect. And anyway, there's this other doctor named Dr. Hill who uh, doesn't like Dr. Herbert West and all of his uh, reanimation tomfoolery, despite the fact that he is only alive in this movie because of that exact reanimation tomfoolery. Um, Anyway, they're still working on reanimation stuff. They're trying not to just bring back dead things, but just make new life from scratch. There's a cop that's suspicious because his wife got like permanently reanimated and he seems mad about that, but also maybe his wife didn't love him. 
and uh, their friend from the war comes to visit, and she doesn't like any of what's going on, gets assaulted by the police. Uh, they create a little finger eyeball man. They they build a woman out of a hospital patient who Dan had a crush on because it reminded him of Barbara Campton's characters from the first movie, or he was just projecting to cope with her death. I'm not completely sure. And a, and a failed ballerina who didn't have the stuff to make it. Oh, there's certain, there's lots of pieces and parts. Yeah. Uh, they really Frankenstein a woman together. I don't know. Can you tell that like this movie's just kind of like stuff? Some stuff happens. They build a lady. It's like Frankenstein. They have to fight off some reanimated people. A woman from the Peruvian Civil War is there. The police are there. A floating head with bat wings is there. That's all I've got for this one, fellas. That's the best I can do. Yeah, it it kind of sounds like the plot for this movie was was written the way that uh, Tom York from Radiohead wrote the song Idiotech, which is that he just put a bunch of random phrases on slips of paper, put them all into a hat, and then pulled them out one by one. That's provocative. Yeah. I'm no Tom York, though, and I didn't make that work, and uh, potentially neither did Bride of Reanimator. Before we get into thoughts, let's do the usual cast and crew. We've got Brian... Yuzna, who uh, was a producer on the first movie, he directed this one. He worked on Bride of Reanimator, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, uh, and 5. He wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Or he, wrote the, he has a story credit on that movie, at least. He directed Faust, which is also in a Red Letter Media video, so I feel like I have to mention it based on my previous mention. Uh, it's written by Zeph E. Daniel under the name Woody Keith who wrote uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4, um, and also Society. And uh, it's also written by Rick Fry, who also wrote Society. And the cinematography is by Rick Fitcher, who shot the movie Society, um, if you're noticing a trend here. And uh, he also shot, uh, or did effects, rather, in the first two Robocop movies in Empire Strikes Back. It's edited by Peter Teschner, who we've seen twice before. Uh, Legally Blonde 2 and The Brady Bunch were both his work. Um, and the music is by Richard Band, uh, who recently did a movie called Exorcism at 60,000 Feet. And that sounds, <laughs> that awesome. sounds awesome. The movie came out in like 2017 or something. Uh, so, you know, they're still making it work. He also did Evil Bong 3. Oh, and- yeah, that's that's Charles <laughs> Band's, uh, like, yeah. that's his big franchise now. Um, and also Puppet Master X, which might be 10. I don't know how many of those there Wait, are. Wait, did, did you say Evil Bong? I did. There's a series of films. Yeah. So anyway, quick rundown. The cast, we've got Jeffrey Combs, of course, as Dr. Herbert West. He's in fucking everything. He's all over the horror space. Um, Bruce Abbott is Dr. Dan Kane. He didn't do a ton after this, nor did Claude Earl Jones, who plays the cop. Uh, Fabiana Udenio uh, is playing Francesca. She uh, is one of the main villains of Mortal Kombat Conquest. Kriya, which I'm legally obligated to mention on account of my other show. Also, um, if you guys have seen the Austin Powers movie, she plays a lot of vagina in the first movie. Oh, gosh. There you go. I knew I recognized her. And uh, then we got David Gale. And then we have Kathleen Kinmont, who's playing Gloria and the Bride, who is also in Mortal Kombat Conquest. 
She plays a character named Dion, who is also one of the bad guys. So we've double dipped on that front. And then we got Mel Stewart, Irene Forrest, Michael Strasser, Mary Sheldon. And I'm just now noticing that one of these credits just says Friday. Like the, the movie Friday? Like his girl Friday? Like the name just says Friday. That is a name. It, it Yeah, but usually it's accompanied by something on either side of it uh, to sort of denote, you know, who who it is and that's just not there this time one thing i do want to get to quick that i didn't is that there's like 800 effects companies on this like special effects companies um Hmm. there is uh screaming mad george is in the mix um magical media industries which works with john carl buchler who is the ghoulies man Oh, yeah. It's in this. Uh, Dublin FX and Tony Dublin is part of it. Dublin. And, um, oh, uh, Friday's the dog. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> uh, it's one name because it's the dog. Um, that would explain that. There was also um, KNB FX, uh, who did effects on Halloween 5. So there's a lot of different cooks in this kitchen on the visual effects and makeup department. Um, which that I think is, is cool. I think it's cool that that's where the priorities seem to have been. Yeah, but that is so interesting because even in effect-driven, you know, priority pr- priority to the effects type movies, normally you still just have one person and it's like that's their vision, right? Like they work so hard at it. It's all coming from them. So it's, it's kind of interesting to have all those groups. I mean, when you see that a movie has a bunch of writers, right? Like four or five groups of writers, you don't tend to be like, yo, that's where the priority was. You're like, yo they were struggling here right so yeah. so maybe that, that's, that's what was happening at that yeah point. that is that's just that's very cool i haven't really i can't think of another movie that does that with the effects did any of those groups do the first reanimator um john carl buchler himself did effects on the first movie according to imdb so maybe whatever company that is uh that would probably be the second one you mentioned. Magical Media Industries, I guess, yeah. must have done it. Um, yeah, so I guess so. They were keeping it in the family. Okay. Without further ado, Mitch, I gotta know. You didn't seem ecstatic when we started this recording, and you know I've been sitting on hip pins and needles over here. I gotta know. What did you think about The Bride of Reanimator? Well, Corey... There's a few things I liked. I think the thing I liked the most was when it ended. I knew you were going to fucking say that. Um, <laughs> the second you said that joke. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hated every minute of this movie. I really did not like it. I'd say like the only redeeming quality, some of the practical effects that appear in the last act. Um, so I'm going to get out of this out of the way now. Did you like anything else? No. Okay. And you would say that you didn't like everything else. Yeah, I, I hate it. This is, I think this might be one of the worst shows, like worst films I've seen on the podcast. Okay. That's a big statement. Let's yeah. do a couple of quick rounds of verses. Bride of Reanimator versus Bud the Tread 2. I'd say this is worse. Okay. V- versus um, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Uh, it's a real toss up. 
That's a tough one, but I would say Ace Ventura is worth, worse because it offended me on a moral level. Now, I think that that means it's the second worst movie because I, I guess, think yeah. I think your worst was Ace Ventura on our top 10 episode. And then yeah. after that was Bud the Chud. Yeah. Very interesting. I really hated this movie. Mitch, do you think it's interesting that the costume design was done by two different people named Robin? Oh, that's not even true. This is the first reanimator's IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> shit i guess this movie just has nothing going for it. it didn't have two people named robin what are we gonna do don't you think it's interesting that this movie came out in 1985 wait a second <laughs> don't you think it cool that barbara crampton was in this movie yeah. hold on a minute honestly like i i don't really i have to confess i don't really know anybody involved with this movie i don't know you don't the, know jeffrey combs not really. I mean, I, like I recognize, like I recognize the name and like the like the face, but like I, I don't think I could point out like his like their work, or I couldn't. Yeah. So he's in House on Haunted. Well, he's in the remake of House on Haunted. I haven't Did seen the see remake. That? I've seen the one from the fifties with Vincent Price, which ah. I actually I referenced at the start of the show. Yeah, like, you did. Actually, that's that's one of the things I like is the sort of throwback to the disembodied head. They're coming for you now. No. <laughs> you tell me you never saw Beethoven's Treasure Trail. Or Cyclone. That's between me and Beethoven, okay? What about what about you, Corey? What do you like about uh, that that dude's been in? House on Haunted Hill, that's a good one. Yeah. He's, he's mean, good in that one, eh? Yeah. Um, I mean, it must be said that uh, I haven't seen a lot of what he's in. I just know of a lot of what he's in, which oh, is kind true. of a cheap answer, but that's, that's all I've got. My favorite Jeffrey Combs is a movie from 2012. I think it's still on Netflix. <clears throat> it's it's a long-running... It's a long-running Netflix movie. It brings me back. <laughs> uh, it came out in 2012, and if it's not on Netflix anymore, it had like a good eight-year run on Netflix. 2012, it's called Would You Rather, and it's... Uh, oh, have you seen that one, Mitch? I think I might have way back in the Sounds day. like you just lied then. <laughs> well, like I'm not looking at anybody's <laughs> IMDb page right now. I didn't lie. It's Corey. on Amazon Prime, Liam. So if it went from Netflix, that's where it showed up. It's it is a great party movie. I think like even and, and I'm not going to say like either of you guys would love this movie. I don't know. You might really not like it because it is like kind of a like a the screen cap I'm seeing. It's is like a really raunchy movie, right? The vibe it's, I'm getting is uh, what was that movie with that girl in the wedding dress who's Australian? Ready or not? Yeah, the, it looks like that to me. <laughs> I in, don't the, know in, the, act- in the poster? Uh, in this screenshot that I'm looking at on Google. It looks oh, like okay. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't. I think they're both fun horror movies, so I'd compare them in that way. Neither of them are comedy horror, I well, think, these but, they're, but they're both rich. fun. Yeah, that is there. Oh, yeah, and I guess I think you're you're absolutely right, Corey. It's, it's uh, damn, great parallel. Now I'm really putting it all together. They're both game movies where someone who is out of that class shows up at a rich person's house and it's revealed that the rich people are orchestrating a game that they have to take place in. And so in that way, it's it's very similar to Ready or Not, actually. And the game is Would You Rather? And so the whole movie is basically just like this group of people 10 or so people in uh this dining hall at a rich person's house that rich person is jeffrey combs he's the bad guy in this movie and they just have to play like increasingly intense rounds of would you rather and uh i love it i've probably that's probably one of my most watched movies certainly in my 
adolescence, you know, if we're removing all the movies I rewatched over and over on VHS as a kid, that's got to be up there. It's it's a lot of fun. It has the dad from Home Alone in it. Uh, it has an actress named Brittany Snow, who you might recognize. Um, it's, it's really, really cool movie. So I'd, I'd encourage the listeners to check that one out. It's It's not a comedy horror, but it's a fun time. And he's good in it. So I have to follow up right away by saying, A, somebody named Robin is in that movie. And B, would you recommend that people see Bride of Reanimator? Oh, what a segue. Yeah, we, we've uh, done a lot of talking about other movies, but uh, let's we go. We sure <laughs> have. We sure <laughs> have. Is that significant? Does that is that a that strategic decision? Is that a choice? Did we what want do you, to make sure say, that this Liam? wasn't 35 minutes long? <laughs> yeah, yay or nay? Nay for me, gentlemen. I'm shocked. I thought that... Yep. Ah, is, I thought is. if anybody was going to like this, it would be you. Yeah, you were our only hope. Spoilers. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I actually... I was thinking there might be a chance that Corey, Corey oh, could get no. into the fantastical elements here and like the bit of sci-fi. But uh, yeah, so again, I'm just not quite a sci-fi guy. So even Reanimator, which is like often heralded as a classic and has some great body horror is in it. Is sci-fi? It's kind of fantasy, isn't it? Yeah, for kind sure. Body yeah, body horror and, and yeah, also like, like classic lit as well. Like it's got the Lovecraft roots, but they're really weak. It's just like Miskatonic Massacre, the Arkham. We're in Arkham. Well, That's where Mitch, we are. Mitch, to be fair, the first movie was about the Lovecraft story. They had it covered. I didn't do a very good job. I mean, though, you don't know one. that. You haven't seen that movie. I'm not gonna. It might be better. <laughs> Barbara Crampton's in it. It's got that going for it. Corey, you shut it off after 20 minutes. You have no like. I had seen on. it before. <laughs> no, of. you had it. <laughs> Sorry, Liam. I, I cut you off when you were talking about what this movie had going for it or didn't yeah. have. And then I, I just jumped in very rudely. But That's I all just, right. I hate this movie. Um, I should also stress that with Corey saying that he's seen Reanimator because of Red Letter Media, he has lived long enough to see himself become the villain. <laughs> <laughs> I have become the Joker. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So even Reading if the e- plot of a movie is the same as watching it, <laughs> uh, even if you don't consider this sci-fi and it's more of a fantasy thing, I'm also like not really a fantasy horror guy either. Like all that fantastical stuff and like technical jargon in uh, a horror movie, it's just not really my thing. So even that first Reanimator movie, which I remember quite liking, and I would have rated it on Letterboxd, you know, immediately after I went back and I saw that. I had given that a three and a half out of five, which is a good, ra- a good, good, respectable rating. But you know, if that's the big classic, and now we're coming into this movie, which I haven't heard anything about, so I'm not saying this is like often talked about as being much worse or anything. But if the original classic is a three point five for me, uh, largely just because of the thematic, the thematic stuff in it that I'm not all that predisposed to like then this one has it it's an uphill battle and it didn't win the battle um i think that there's just way too many subplots in this movie i found it so hard to to get involved here i mean even bud the chud too right chud bud the chud um (laughs) i think that that is like just a, a much better told like linear story if it's we're more focused because this movie doesn't know this what movie to focus barely on. has a story it's not like you know it's so all over the place that you have 
weird like vignettes of shit rather than an actual cohesive like follow through and um the francesca character is completely superfluous to everything that's happening which just seems kind of like a weird choice to make and you're hopping around like we need to do our research we need to build a woman why i don't know because we're projecting our emotions i guess and francesca's here and the cops are here and he's mad about this other thing that was this other place and he's telling her this and there's the head and the head is doing this and that and it's like who what the fuck is happening like yeah and it's a real shame because i think that uh with the title here and you you've got all these influences to draw from i think the the story at least should be a sure thing you know you you know what you're getting into uh you can follow a similar plot to that original which is a a very tightly structured movie um and now you're gonna do that again but now the focus is gonna be on this bride character and whoever they have doing that character should be able to have a lot of fun you know similar to uh bride of chucky which came out uh, it was the fourth installment in the franchise and uh, there they get a lot of mileage out of this franchise that a lot of people had thought had become stale because you've introduced this bride character and so uh, she gets to do a whole lot of stuff she gets to be her own character and also you get to play off the relationship between Chucky and the bride character and so waiting for that- bride of evil bong to finally <laughs> So that's what should have happened here is that now we have Herbert West established. Then uh, we bring in some sort of bride character and we do like a bit of a romance thing. And then we put all the goopy effects. We lace them in there. But that's not really what happens. I mean, the bride stuff, the reanimating this woman comes way late in the movie. And I was like so surprised. And so before that, it just feels like the movie is totally spinning its wheels. And I'm with Mitch there are some effects effect stuff in here that i i appreciated there's a dog that is uh reanimated and like really uh surrealist and yeah i i I liked that effect um so there are some some cool effects here but i don't think the effects save the movie at all i don't think that the effects teams like had um they didn't have the story to work with to make all those effects hit because, you know, good effects, they really work when uh, the story is going along with them. And then the effect is like this big peak in the story. Then you go back to the story and then you've got another big peak. But here it just feels all like such a scrambled scrambled mess i mean if i didn't know any better i would think that all the people who did the effects in this movie that like that those groups of those four different groups also all wrote the movie like that's the way it feels (laughs) that it's just like so so convoluted and um messy and not in the way that you want a body horror movie to be messy it's so there's so many loose ends like the the whole sort of subplot with the cop or private eye who's following them and his motivations like i couldn't i couldn't keep track of what was going on and i do yeah i do yeah i know what you're saying when you're talking about like sort of how some movies have like that sort of bride spin and it works like and they kind of like harked back to the bride of frankenstein like when they brought back the bride like cosmetically she kind of had that like elsa lanchester thing going on but um yeah i think this movie could have been decent but it just i don't know didn't do anything for me i yeah i'd like to make the caveat that 
realistically, none of us should have been coming to the movie. Bride of Reanimator for the story. I'm usually loath to give a movie that kind of credit. It'd be like, ah, uh-huh. oh, we're not here for the plot, but um, you can be not here for the plot and still wish that like it made a lick of fucking. Could have had something sense. that you could at least well, grab like, onto it. No matter how good the effects are, and I want to be unequivocally clear, the effects are pretty fucking good. They are. Yeah. This movie looks great frequently. However, uh. I could barely fucking pay attention to this. Whether for lack of attention span or interest, I don't know. But I was fucking... I so I struggled to yeah. keep my eyes on the screen. And no amount of fingers with eyes or fucking new wife characters were going to... Yeah, get me to pay closer attention. I have very little to say about it in that regard. Like I'm just kind of like, meh. Having not seen the original, like I just felt the whole time like I'm missing something. Like, what are these people's motivations? Like, is there is there something I'm like missing? Is there is there like uh, they want to keep doing their work? I mean, I, I got that. Animating. I, I got that much, but I mean, like, I just the entire time it just felt like there was just like stuff that I was going over my head and I was like, is it going over my head or am I, am I like not paying enough attention? Like what's going on? But I just, I really, yeah, I could not get into this movie. Like I, and I, I tried like, and I, and I liked the effects, but that's really it. The performances are really flat, the characters and their motivations and how they work with each other. And just none of it works. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I really like um, David Gale, who plays Dr. Hill, a.k.a. The Floating Head. I like him. He's yeah, fun. He's he, he's like campy fun. Like, oh, yeah. He's yeah. hamming it the fuck up. I, but I mean, like, to be fair, everybody's hamming it up. He's a head with bat wings. Like, everybody is hamming it up. But yeah, I think, he's, I, think I, I appreciate his stuff maybe the most. And yeah. and he's, he's the main bad guy in the first movie, too. Um, okay. So... Honestly, like it's it's kind of it's disappointing. This movie feels like a reanimation of that first movie. Like it's all just like recycled. It doesn't have Barbara Crampton, unfortunately. I think she would really benefit this movie. It's sh- it's a shame that this movie doesn't have that strong female character, especially given the title. But even putting that aside, I think that it needs one. Um, that really benefited the first movie. Whereas this one, you're carrying over Dan Kane. Uh, from the first movie, you're carrying over Herbert West, but it doesn't really f- feel like it. Like they, the the story isn't strong enough that it feels like a continuation of that first story. It almost feels like it's um like one of those uh shorts that is sometimes produced after a movie comes out. It's like a web exclusive short where it's just like you've got the actors back, they're gonna do a bit of a thing, but we're not actually gonna put, you know, all this effort into like making it be a super strong story, be be in line with that first thing. It's just like a, a fun time with these characters. And uh it didn't it didn't work at feature length, especially because um there's just so much going on in this thing and so uh you know in short form that might that might work out because it's just nice to see those characters again but with with feature length it just becomes really really confusing there's a version of this movie during production where uh dan kane was going to be fucking around with uh his dead girlfriend's body at his house 
and the government were going to find out and they were going to bring him to the White House um, where Herbert West is already there and they were going to have to reanimate the president. I don't know why they didn't do that. That sounds pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that sounds that, that sounds, sounds much way cooler. more fun because the conceit's so much stupider that like just I don't know make it fun to watch. I am also obligated to mention that at one point they were considering Pat- Patricia Tallman for the bride role, who of course we'll remember from Night of the Living Dead and Night Riders. Right, classic. Crucially, crucially. Um, I I genuinely I seriously don't have anything. I don't have a lot to say about Bride of Reanimator. I struggled to pay attention and I don't think it was very good, but some of the effects are good and the performances are sometimes fun. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's about the size of it for me. Well, I would I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, another film by the director here, Brian Yuzna. He did a movie in 1989 called Society and the effects mm. there are done solely by Screaming Mad George, who was one of the effects people on this movie. And that movie is so cool. I would recommend that movie to anyone if, if they're looking for uh, weird body horror with uh, with a story to it. Um, and it actually sort of ties into the would you rather ready or not thing because it's also about um, the wealthy uh, and sort of the, the, the sick stuff they might do when they're at that point to get their kicks. And it has a climax in it. The last 20 minutes of society are some of the wildest stuff I have ever seen in my life. Um, and the effects in that movie hit so hard because uh, I guess it's just like timing is is really important um, and, and finding those beats to make a big effect happen. Whereas in Bride of Reanimator, it felt a lot more scattered, a lot less uh, thoughtful than I would have liked it. And that might just be like a too many fingers in the pie thing. But Society from 1989, uh, the effects work in that movie is really, really cool. And that's by the same director that did this movie. So uh, I, I, would, I would give that one a check. But I'm with you guys on Pride of Reanimator. It, it really did so little for me so little and i was i was i was surprised in the movie and i was surprised with myself it really dragged its feet i mean it's i think it's kind of hard to make a story about like with all of these different ideas and like the effects and like what's going for it like you could make it really interesting if you directed that that talent towards something worthwhile but yeah it just really dragged its feet didn't didn't do anything oh i've got to say is um obligated after all this talk about society to remind everybody that we do live in one because as mentioned, <laughs> I have become the Joker. So um, just wanted to get that out of the way. But uh, are we done? Oh, how do you, how do you, how do you, let's do this in reverse a little bit. Uh, why don't I ask you guys this before we start the podcast? Um, how do you guys <laughs> feel about Lovecraft in general? Do you guys got any? I don't know shit about Lovecraft. I've read, I've read Lovecraft like extensively when I was, when I was younger, I've, I think like the temple is one of like my favorite sort of uh, adventure stories, sort of mysteries of, of all time. It's so good. Um, not crazy about the the person, but I think he wrote some great fiction. So can you talk at all about how this movie, like, I guess doesn't live up to what he's doing there? Because I, ha- I haven't read much. Of I him. haven't read the reanimator, so I couldn't tell you, but oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, only yeah. some of Lovecraft is like the big 
Cthulhu mythos sort yeah. of yeah it's not all it's not all about that he, he I haven't read shit I don't, I'm, I don't know why I'm talking like an expert <laughs> but uh I think like those are definitely like the ones that are the most remembered I mean he wasn't really successful really really successful during his lifetime um yeah Lovecraft but the the temple you gotta you gotta like read the temple but uh I mean I'm not I, I couldn't tell you how it relates to the reanimator his his, his work because I've never Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I've heard that the original Reanimator and also another movie by the director of Reanimator that has a similar cast actually uh, yeah. to to the Reanimator from Beyond. From Beyond that's yeah. also based on a right. Lovecraft it thing, is, and yeah. I've I've heard a lot of people say in the Lovecraft conversation, you know, as these adaptations come and go, uh, people try them every few years. I've heard a lot of people online say that like that dude Stuart Gordon who did those reanimator and from beyond is like one of the only people that seems to have gotten it right and i, I don't know about that because i haven't read him but lovecraft is really hard to get on screen like i can't think of too many other lovecraft movies that i've like seen that i mean i i'm blanking on them what they are now but that, that have like really pulled it off or i also think i think i think guillermo del toro's new one is promising and i think lovecraft i've heard from a lot of different directors that like Lovecraft is one of their dream projects that they also never get to just because it, mm. it sounds so tough. One from a couple of years ago that I really liked uh, was called Color Out of Space. Did you guys see that I've one? I've read it. I've, I haven't seen that one. No, I didn't. Yeah, see it. I think I think that'd be worth a worth a shake for you, Mitch. I don't know how you feel about Nick Cage, but he's the lead there. And uh, I think he does really good work and also some really like cool Nick effects Cage. in there, too. That that's that one is worth a watch, definitely, Mitch. And I think that's the only other Lovecraft adaptation I've seen. And I haven't read uh, really any Lovecraft, but the idea of giant monsters scares me so much. So I've really I gotta give some of those stories a try. Like the Cloverfield stuff, mm-hmm. which a lot of people say is Lovecraft inspired, is so terrifying to me. So uh, yeah. I I appreciate that. Doesn't that. feel like anything for me in terms of like actual horror. I saw the Dunwich Horror. That was Lovecraft from the seventies. Don't recommend it. <laughs> so bad. Okay. Well, there's your uh, there's your Lovecraft recommendations, everyone. Maybe Reanimator. Maybe From Beyond and uh, Color Out of Space. Uh, is that it? Are we? Is that have we? Have we? Have we covered everything we were looking to get to here? Yeah. Because think- uh, if we're done. Uh, we have a whole other kind of uh, Lovecraftian terror coming up next week that we can announce, which is that we're going to be talking about Sex in the City too. I might not be here. Yeah, Mitch might uh, tactically uh, make an escape plan. Well, I listen. I I, w- <laughs> I would relish the opportunity to watch Sex in the City too with both of you, but you know, it's, you'd re- I, really why? <laughs> I would relish like I, I'm. I think it would be a good time just to, just to do it. <laughs> Get into I that. mean, like I said, you can watch it and send in your thoughts if you'd like, if you're not here. Oh, obviously, I guess I should mention as well that Laura and Madeline are coming back to do that. That's why we've decided to do that movie. So stay tuned for that. Um, It'll be great fun. Yeah. Uh, with that all said, uh, Mitch, do you have anything you want to, uh, you know, plug? Liam, do you have anything you want to plug? 
Yeah, you guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. You can listen to the other show that I do, MK Podquest, with our friend Neil at MK Podquest all over the internet. We are still working our way through Mortal Kombat Defenders of the Realm. That's wrapping up soon, and then you can find out what we'll be moving on to shortly after that. Thank you all once again for listening to another episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet as well on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everywhere else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and what Lovecraft recommendation you would make in our email. I, I said that like I had more to say and that sentence was kind of over. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, next week, Sex in the City 2, Laura, Madeline, maybe Mitch here on They Made Another One. <laughs>